Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 82 of the Whatnots Review Show, where each week we have a different story to talk about. Could be a comic, a TV show, movie, who knows? We read it, we watch it, we do what we have to do, and come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how was your weekend? Yes. It's been good. I'm having a Halloween party tonight, so I spent the weekend shopping and cooking and cleaning and decorating and doing all of that preparation. I'm going to make a dessert charcuterie board. That sounds amazing. I was going to ask if if you had like ba- ba- baked some kind of special Halloween cookies or a cake or something. <laughs> well, it's... It's red velvet cupcakes, uh, and I'm mm-hmm. going to make half white icing, half black icing, and try and swirl them together. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Should be fun. Be fun. I like that idea. Yeah, We've done Halloween parties in the past uh, with the roommates that I've, I, I've had, but the parties have kind of gone downhill as we've gotten older older just like less and less people started showing up of like oh well i have Mm -hmm. my husband to take care of or i have a baby now i have this and it's just like okay we're at that age now Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah thankfully i live in a medium-sized apartment so i kind of do have to cap my guest list so like if only 10 people show up perfect because that's as many chairs as i have there you go. That sounds fun. Uh, but this week, uh, we are no longer doing horror month stuff. We are now in November. Uh, but if you guys missed it, you guys should go check out the horror episodes mm-hmm. that we did all during the month of October. Uh, there's five episodes in total uh, from Dracula to the... BBC ghost stories m- m- movie uh, yeah. that they, they did with Martin f- f- all f- kinds f- of spooks f- Freeman all kinds of spooks as Melissa just said uh, so yeah this week we are talking about a crime show called Happy Valley this is one that I pitched mm. I've seen this on Netflix hadn't dived into it uh, you guys know me I'm a big crime fan so i was like hey mm-hmm. this one is maybe one we should check out by the way melissa your camera just went off i i didn't touch anything like i popped my knuckles and my computer i guess got so scared it's like why well, better stop using the webcam <laughs> she's, she's too up. intimidating oh my God. to be seen <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah, so we are watching Happy Valley. Uh, I haven't seen this before, but it's mm-hmm. kind of been on my radar. Uh, though it hasn't really been high up on my priority list. It was just one I saw, and I was just like, oh, maybe I'll get to it one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you ended up picking this one when I pitched it this past week. What made you decide to pick this one? Honestly, it just sounded more interesting than Initial D. Again, despite the fact that you've pitched some variant of Initial D to me two or three times. <laughs> Twice now, I think. It's still not for me, I don't think. And then it was like a manga about a samurai. And like we'd been doing a lot of comics lately. So I'm like, okay, okay enough print media. 
I don't want to like watch or read about the car race. And it had been a while. The crime show is left. They did a TV yeah. show too. So yeah, and then I did a quick Google of it, and I saw that it had really, really high ratings. I'm like, okay, now I'm legitimately intrigued. Good. Good. Well, yeah, so we watched uh, season one of Happy Valley. It is a six-episode British crime show uh, that takes place in a small town. Uh, the main character is a cop. She is uh, kind of down on her luck. I, I I, don't know if that's or she's ha- yeah. had a rough go of it recently. She's not necessarily mm-hmm. down on her luck, but... She's a single mother, kind of, uh, or a single grandma um, who is yeah. Taking she is care raising her, her grandson. grandson after, yeah, after her daughter uh, committed suicide shortly after he was born eight years ago. Yeah, uh, and she's living with her sister and stuff like that, and she is a cop in a small town uh and there is a kidnapping that happens in the town and she she gets wrapped up in that case uh and it ends mm-hmm. up being a lot closer to home than she realizes at at, at first um so mm-hmm. it is an interesting one this was a, a it was very good i really liked how well written it w- w- was, but I also yeah. have some like major pr- problems with it. I, like I'm, I'm really conf- conflicted w- w- with this. It's really good. I highly recommend it. I know it won yeah. a ton of awards and stuff like that. It's a damn de- debuted on BBC One on 29th of April. Second series debut. Blah blah blah. In May 2015, Happy Valley won the BAFTA Award for Best Drama Series. Uh, so it's it's won some stuff. Uh, there's a second series that's also available on Netflix, and a third is in development. Ooh. So there you go. Melissa, what did you think of the show? What, what were your kind of spoiler-free general thoughts? Ah, uh, it's... It took me a little while to get into it just due to the just gruesome nature of the crimes it's an uncomfortable watch for a lot of the time but like then it hit a tipping point where i'm way more enthralled than i am bummed out and this is a very impressive show yeah there's a lot of what it does with character and structure that i really admired okay good stuff yeah it's i i I think important to note that this is i think more intense than i i thought it was going to be Mm -hmm. Um, but also, when it first starts, it's more comedic than I expected. Like, I was expecting yeah. this to be a straightforward drama. Like, last year we watched a French crime show called The Forest that mm-hmm. was very straightforward and dramatic. Like, I don't know if there's a chuckle anywhere in there. Yeah. This is a little bit more lighthearted at the beginning, mixed with the gruesome crimes. And then that kind of dies away as she gets deeper into the plot. Yeah, and I I was kind of expecting something more like The Forest, maybe not as mm-hmm. super serious or something, who knows, but I, yeah. I was kind of expecting it to be like, um, excuse me just a sec, <coughs> Ooh, 
I sneezed. Ah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was kind of expecting more of like a small town is rocked by this crime that they did, didn't expect. And it's taking a toll on mm-hmm. the town as a whole. Because that's usually what you get when it's a small town, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone knows each other and it's like, oh... That was Sarah. We all mm-hmm. knew Sarah. Sarah was the one that got yeah. was the victim there. She was just here last week, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, we, we actually don't get much of the town that they live in. So I think it's a little bit less the It's, so there is a larger problem of this town is overrun by drugs there's a lot of drug activity going on in the town Mm -hmm. and then there is that kidnapping but it's this little it's this small time crime that like everybody is trying to keep private like the the people who have the kidnapping happen to them like they don't go to the police right away so like there is the kidnapping but like so few people know about it and then the drug thing is just like well that's just life around here so there isn't that big like our neighborhood calm is shattered type of crime yeah. until an episode a couple episodes in um yeah so I, I i still really liked it i i thought uh i i don't know if pacing is the right word but we'll we'll get in t- into that we'll get into that more in in depth in a bit but i i i i don't know if the pacing was exactly what it should have been, 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 been. There were some weird episode structures of just where things ended, where things concluded, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there you go. Anything else to say about this show before we get into spoilers and stuff like that, Melissa? Ah. <sighs> Oh, I'm eager to talk about it more in depth. Let's okay. let's trudge forward, sounds, not trudge forward. Sounds like, good. Let's get into some push house, forward. housekeeping first, and then we will get into spoilers. Uh, if you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. You guys can mm-hmm. go check them all out at our website, thewhatnots.com, or you can search us on your podcasting platform of choice. Just type in The Whatnots and all of our shows. All of our shows will pop up there for you guys to check out. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You can throw us some pocket change. Uh, You guys can get episodes early. You guys can get exclusive content. We have all sorts of stuff for you guys to check out. But we wanted to give a big thank you uh, to the patrons at the $5 Mm -hmm. tier. So thank you to Sam and thank you to Christine for checking us out and liking us enough to send us some money each month. We thank you guys so much. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Let's get into spoilers. All right. Where do we want to start with this? Because it's I want to start short one. You would like to start with I want to start with I want to start with Claire 
because when you first pitched the series to me and you read that description out, it was like, Catherine is a an older policewoman dealing with her, raising her grandson and fighting drugs in the community. And she lives with her sister, who is a recovering heroin addict. And it made the sister sound like she was a major point of drama for the series. Mm-hmm. And she isn't. Claire is a She's delight. She is so opposite of that. Yes, she's so like level-headed and kind and supportive. And the one time she kind of really messes up is when she tells Daniel that Claire and Richard are still sleeping together. But even then, she's like, "I this might be a mistake, but I really want a second opinion on how to handle this situation." Like, and then she like immediately regrets it. Like, okay, that might have been a step too far. Let me know what I can do to fix this. I was yeah. not at all expecting the recovering drug addict to be the voice of reason in the entire show so yeah. consistently. Which they 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 don't e- even really make that like a point. Like if because no. I I I'll be I'll be honest. I don't remember saying that when I read the description of whatever I I I read there, and I don't think I picked up on that in mm-hmm. the show. Um and, and but. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things of yeah, d- drugs is a major problem. Uh, I think they mm-hmm. mention it at the start of the first episode that her her sister is is a recovering a- 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 addict, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Um, and then yeah, the, the, the the rest is like she is kind of the stay at home mom. But not in a, not in a like. Well, you're a drug a- a- addict, so of course you're gonna be staying at home doing nothing. But she seems no. fine. She seems totally normal. She seems really healthy and well adjusted. And it's not clear like how long she's been in recovery and when she came yeah. to live with with uh, Catherine and Ryan. But she seems, yeah, like. A perfectly normally functioning member of society, which not to say that like a a drug addict couldn't be. That's just not what I was expecting a drama narrative to do with that as the starting point for the character. Sure. Yeah. Like she's really not the source of any conflict except for that little social faux pas at the end that kind of brings out some information that Catherine didn't want certain people to know. But even then, it's just like, whoops. I was legitimately trying to help you out. Like it's yeah for that to be the most intense wrongdoing she has. I think it was re- really interesting. I really liked just what a lovely character Claire was. Yeah. I think she was my favorite. She is a fantastic character for sure. Uh, I, I think for me, one of the things that I was maybe a little confused about with this show is that the first episode starts so strongly with the main character basically being like, oh, well, you think you have problems? I have problems too. And then, except for the whole fact about her daughter, like, it, we we don't hear much of that. I mean, maybe that c- c- comes about in season two, but I, f- I felt like they... They tried to paint Catherine as this, like, older woman that is still really badass. 
and she can do all of this stuff, mm-hmm. but you're expecting her not to be because she is a she's a single grandmother. Uh, her daughter committed suicide. Her she's living with her sister, who's a recovering heroin addict, and all of this stuff. And it just like it's like oh, she's going through some shit. And then it 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 almost like I'm. I, I think my biggest problem with the show is that that then leads into two different stories that I, I I don't think meshed well together. They have the kidnapping, which is is mm-hmm. kind of what the whole first half of the show is about, and then there's the second half of the the show, which is like the final two episodes and it's more about Mm -hmm. her relation to the father of her grandson and it like it there's almost an abrupt change like at the end of episode four the kidnapping is basically solved and it moves on and i was kind of taken aback but by that i i it was yeah it was strange to me I, yeah, I wasn't expecting them to rescue the kidnapping victim that early in the show. That mm-hmm. is at the end of episode four. And I don't know if, like, within episodes, within scenes, I don't think I have a problem with the pacing. But the show does take place over a... It uses time weirdly. Like, the first four episodes takes place over, like... I think it's actually like a little bit more than a week, but it feels quicker than what they tell you it actually is. So uh, first four Mm -hmm. episodes are about a week. By the end of episode six, now like two or three months have passed. (laughs) Like all of a sudden at episode five, like time starts stretching out. And like, I can't believe Tommy is still alive at the end of the last episode because he was stabbed three or four weeks ago and hasn't had anything except for band-aids and painkillers since then. And like, then they go and find, um, uh, Lewis and I mean, Brett's that, bodies that, in like, the apartment. It's like, yeah. Disguise thing. So it sounds like he's been going out to like scrounge for food and stuff like that. But mm. yeah, it's still just like, <sighs> I, I, I think the yeah, thing to like, me is that like... the second half of that show could have been its own season of just like the aftermath of this case now that we know mm-hmm. that the kidnapper is also the the father of her grandson right like that's like mm-hmm. season two could be finding him like n- 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 now there is this hunt or this this kidnapper of this small town like that could be a a season by itself and they kind of shoe yeah horn it into the last two seasons and I, th- I just thought it was very strange to put that in there it's yeah i think it it worked on me i think i understand everything they were doing but it is definitely i've not seen another show paced quite like this mm-hmm. like i've never seen that long of a gap between we've recovered the victim the victim is safe and then 6 weeks later <laughs> finally we have taken in the culprit yeah yeah i i don't know there's nothing coming to mind there of like 
stuff that does something similar. Um, yeah, the first like four episodes are this sort of chase, and then episode five it slows down and it really becomes a character study, like just on Catherine. Yeah, which again, I don't think it's bad, but it's just yeah. odd. Like it's a new storytelling style and format we haven't quite seen before or just like i i I think if they had maybe meshed the kind of story beats of those last two like into the first four episodes this idea because they they kind of play with the idea what's what's her grandson's name do we remember ryan ryan so if like they they kind of do the whole thing of like who's my father where, where, where is he? Um, mm-hmm. And he he wants to play football uh, with the with the one guy, uh, and it like it's it it's like that's one thing. I I I I think if they had mixed that with the the whole thing that Tommy is back in town. He finds out really soon that hey, maybe he has a son. Uh, like I, like I, I, I think if that plot thread had been pulled in earlier, it might help it mix together better, and then have the the kidnapping case wrap up at the end of episode six when they also capture him. Like I, I, I just think in terms of storytelling, that would wrap everything up better. If that makes sense. But then again, I'm not a writer, so what do I know? <laughs> I will say I really liked how the early, like the first half of this series was structured, yes. where you have the kidnapping plot, and then because. The the family's like, okay, we're not bringing this to police. We're just going to handle this ourselves. Like, we're following this kidnapping plot, and then we're following Catherine's life as a police officer, and they do not directly cross over. Our main protagonist is not aware of the main conflict until halfway into the series. Yeah. You just watch these two stories, like, slowly, like, there's little accidents and mistakes and things slowly, like, bump up against each other. Like... Which I, I really I like that. that. And I really yeah. like that Catherine's almost in this like case of the week kind of, you know, procedural story where it's like, okay, we've got another person off their mind on drugs. I have to go talk to them. Like she's, and then we've got like the local councilman who she finds cocaine in his car. And then it seems like her higher ups are trying to brush that away because the councilman has always been supportive of the police department. Like she's just living this episodic life until this serialized kidnapping plot after a couple so a couple episodes like crashes into her like i really like that tension of mm-hmm. eventually these two things are going to meet yes. each other and we're just yeah. watching these like coincidences like claire and helen both volunteering at the same charity kitchen mm-hmm. and helen mentions this to claire who brings it to catherine and like then everything comes together yeah i like that slow progression too and now she's on the case. Yep. I I I think one thing that this show does incredibly well uh is is basically 
give you multiple characters that have major stories in 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 mm-hmm. this show in such a short amount of time because it's only six episodes but we get Catherine we get the guy who is um the like the accountant of the guy that yeah. has his daughter kidnapped um all because he mm. kind of started it and was like what if i kidnap your daughter and take the ransom money as my raise instead since you didn't give me the raise <laughs> that i asked for um and he like mm. they they have his whole story and then there's the story of uh the like one of the kidnappers who is just seeing all of this stuff go wrong and he just can't yeah. handle it and it, it like he's like it's not supposed to be like this like it, this was supposed to be really simple but now you're doing things that i don't agree with and it's like he just has this mental break down um as as he kind of comes up against tommy Mm. Uh, who is the one that's kind of throwing the, the wrench in in this this whole thing? Oh. Um, and yeah, for for only six episodes and having those like four or five or five stories going on at the same time, it all works really well in concert to, together. So I liked that a lot for sure. Uh, actually, yeah, let's, you know what, let's keep talking about the kidnapper, dude, because I, I think that was maybe one of my favorite stories of, or, like, favorite perspectives of, of, of this thing, because here's this Mm -hmm. criminal who is just, yeah, he's not a good person, but yet he meets someone who he thinks is so much worse than 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 him and he yeah. <laughs> he's ha- having this like crisis of conscience of just like hey I'll kidnap but I'm drawing the line at rape like we don't do that yeah and yeah and he's like well aren't we going to feed her are we going to untie her from the chair so she can use the bathroom like we can't keep her in the basement overnight it's freezing down there i have to give her a sleeping bag like he's like okay i understand yeah i'm a criminal i joined a criminal enterprise sure but i'm just uh i'm really just here to do the job sir like just keep my head down do a legitimate job and really not go overboard with anything like he's doing the bare minimum of criminal activity he's like well we're still gonna act civilly aren't we like we have to treat her like a real human being. We are like, gentlemen, <laughs> not <thieves>. monsters. <laughs> exactly. He's signed up to be a criminal. Tommy Lee Royce is a monster, and he's like, "Hold on, I I need to get out of here." And he doesn't know how. Like he doesn't know how to escape from the trajectory of this scheme they've all gone in on. Yeah, and that that to me is kind of an an interesting narrative beat of just like hey here's a character who is trapped within his circumstances sure it's kind of Mm -hmm. of his own making but now he's seeing that the like that he 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 just can't jump high enough to 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 reach the ledge of like where he needs to get, 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 get out of um 
and yeah, like it's just you you see him like sinking farther and farther in just just because he's being pulled down by Tommy and it's it's really tragic and it's sad and then to to see where his story ends up that him and Tommy finally had a confrontation and Tommy murdered him and it's just yeah oy. this is not it's 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 very tragic but for some reason to me that's kind of one of the more interesting story beats of to just watch this person yeah. sinking yes i like the bad guy encounters someone worse and then you're on his side. You're like, Lewis is a good boy, and I want the best for him. Yeah. This man who deals drugs and helped kidnap a lady. And then he just like gets stabbed in the night off screen, and like that's it. That's the end of Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's kind of fitting that he doesn't get like a proper tragic end because he is just this low life. Yeah. He's just a slightly more honorable lowlife than the rest of them. Also, their friend is Mr. Hickey from yep. The Terror, and he has exactly the same hair and beard stylings, but he's wearing modern clothes. <laughs> and I, I just, like, screamed when he showed up. It was like I'd seen a ghost. Yeah. I wonder if they were filming around the same time. Or like, sh- or sh- one oh. shortly after the other, or something. No, really? Because you said this one, the 2015 Baftas. This is probably from 2014, and the Terror just came out in like that's true last year. Unless that's they true. shelved the Terror for a long time. Who knows? Um, yeah, you messaged that to me you you were like the bad guy from the terror showed up and i messaged back i was like wow i didn't know there was a giant like mystical beast within this show i i i knew exactly who you meant i was like there's a yeti in this this show a giant polar bear who's attacking them all what are you talking about melissa um (laughs) at that time i hadn't started the show uh, so I finally got to, to, to watch it, and there's Mr. Hickey, and he <laughs> is still being Mr. Hickey. <laughs> mm-hmm. <So>. Yep. <laughs> there you go. It was good. His rise to power. He's like a true low life in this, and then you see him in the terror. It's like, well, you're still despicable, but you're like at least trying to be a leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, I'm trying to get away from this godforsaken country. I'm going to go enlist and join the Navy. <laughs> and then they send him back in time. And <laughs> well, we're going to send you back in time. Then you have to kill another man and take his identity. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and it like it was a weird thing. I I also didn't expect that character to show back up at the end of the show. Yeah, like, I, it didn't really seem like he had a connection to them. He just happened to be like standing there that one day in that one scene, and then afterwards, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys know each other. Okay, 
Of course. Sure. Of course you do. <laughs> I liked that. I did like the instances of how small of a town this was where like this street punk shows up again helping the bad guys yeah. or like when Claire's like yeah I work with Helen down at the soup kitchen and this has not been introduced before but you absolutely buy it as something both of these characters would be doing like everything made mm-hmm. sense for the characters and for this setting yeah I agree let's talk about that spineless little accountant Whatever his name was. What was his name? <laughs> um, Kevin. Kevin. I think Kevin Weatherhill. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where is yeah, he... Kevin's name on? Yeah. Kevin Weatherhill. P- played by Steve Pemberton. He makes a real turn because when he starts off, you're on his side. You, you. You want him to get that raise because all he wants it for is just, I want to send my daughter to a good school. And then he's, and then you find out like, oh, you know, both our fathers started this company together, but then his dad cheated my dad. And so the son is cheating me now and I should own half the company. I should already be making all this money. And we're like, yeah, okay, Kevin, get your money. Yes, stand up for yourself, Kevin. You got this. But then, then he like arranges like, hey, uh, criminals I have come to know. What if you kidnap my boss's daughter and then he gives you all this money and then you give it to me? You're like, ah, I don't I don't know, Kevin, but all Kevin, right. And then you get to know Nevison through. better. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, Kevin. And you get to go know Nevison better and he's still a, a guy who's a little rough around the edges. He's kind of a an old crank, but... Yeah, he's like you're right. Like he's talking with his wife. He's like you're right. I uh, he truly is the backbone of this company. I am going to offer him a promotion. I'm going to pay the school fees for his daughter and the younger daughter when she's old enough to go to this school. Like he really, like Nevison really changes his game. And then, then you just watch Kevin like melt and sweat. You're like, oh no, you've really gotten into it now, Kevin. And then Kevin like. <laughs> So does fantastic. not try to dig himself back out. He does not he just, like he's he's, he's kind of like hey. he's so shocked at like oh shit what do I do now that he just doesn't move and he just st- stays there. It's like well I I guess I have to keep going with this because I don't know how to get out of it right now. So I think yeah, I and he's to- like hey Ashley um I think maybe I uh, overestimated how much the Gallagher's are worth. Like I don't really think this kidnapping operation is going to be worth the money we're going to get out of him. And Ashley's like well too late we're already started. We're, we're in it now. Yeah he's like we, we already like, he have makes her. that initial try and and then he's like and then Kevin's just like all right, well, I'm in on this. And then at the end, he has no remorse about it. He's like, well, Nevison, this is what you get. You should have just given me the raise originally. And it's it's kind of funny, too, because I, like, when he's finally decided to be like, I think I'm going to fess up and just be like that's what you get bitch he uh he mm. he's still like his wife has no faith in him she's like you can't hold character like you you're you're a sniveling little like like you're no one you're not gonna mm. you're not gonna do this 
she's not that harsh, but she still is just like, I don't think you mm-hmm. can do that. Like, you don't have it in you. Um, and surprisingly enough, he he manages to kind of do that. And it's this like, okay, Kevin, uh, who are you? <laughs> Yeah, like, once he realizes I am on this track, I can't change it, then he does, like, kind of own up to it. Like, yeah, I am keeping this money, and, and I am going to throw nowhere. it back in Nevison's face. Even if he did reverse his original decision and come to me and say, I am taking leave, I want you to take my position while I'm gone, and you will eventually be promoted, and I will give you this money for, you know, you to send your daughters to the good school. Like, Nevison went back on it all the wrongdoing he did he's like i'm sorry i'm going to try to make things as right as i can going forward like kevin is still thinking about that initial interaction where he's like i'm sorry i can't give you a raise kevin that's all he can see anymore and he's like you are like you did this to yourself yeah this is the bed you have to lie in for not giving me a raise like he's such a little weasel but he sticks by this weaselness mm-hmm. so strongly yeah <laughs> he doesn't exactly once he, gets back a cer- once he gets past a certain point he doesn't back out and it's kind of interesting to watch and also like his wife's trepidation of i hate that you've done this but we sincerely do need this money. Yeah. And now that we have it, what the heck else are we supposed to do with it? They're like, we can't yeah. burn it. It's money. I, I, I kind of like his wife in that scenario, too, because she is like mm-hmm. typical, like just you get told this inf- information and she panics and she just has no idea what to We need to go to the cops. We need to stop this. We need to do this. We need to do that. Mm-hmm. And she eventually is just like well can we keep it like what it's kind of nice having money <laughs> I, I, yeah. I thought that one scene of 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 of, of her on on the phone being like well what if we just put small amounts into multiple bank accounts would that work? <laughs> and it's like, oh, she's been thinking <laughs> like about she's this. She's trying to find a way to legitimize it. And yeah, like you're not on Kevin's side, but you're kind of on his wife's side a kind little of, bit. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, you she are a woman of ailing. Yeah, like she's a woman of ailing health. It seems like maybe she's not able to work. They have these two daughters they have to raise and send through school like she starts thinking practically mm-hmm. once they get into this. And she's like, I know it's wrong, but we do need this. We do need this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Based based off what we've seen in season one, what do you envision season two to be about? So I looked at just the basic, like, two-sentence episode descriptions that Netflix had up for season two. Mm -hmm. I am baffled that Tommy is still a character in season two. And I just looked up this actor because he looked so much like the guy who played Luther in uh, the Umbrella Academy. I'm like, is that that guy? It's not. I think he just looks like him. But But I was looking him up, and I'm like, you were in 12 episodes out of 12? 
I'm really baffled that his character sticks around for that much longer. That the show is like, yes, this this monster, Tommy Lee Royce, we are, he's a top cast, main cast, still, he should be dead. He's still here. We're still <laughs> following this man. So I was expecting, because it's, it's especially we hear that the town is infested by drugs the kidnappers mm-hmm. all seem to be dis- dis- distributors um they they seem to be mm. selling this stuff as well uh and then there's a thing i think at the end of episode 4 or start of episode 5 right after they uh they free the daughter and they get her back to the thing there's a scene in a coffee shop where i think the like the inspector comes to talk with Catherine, and he's he mentions mm-hmm. something about or maybe it's the journalist dude who's 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 talking about like hey and then there's like here's how they get all of the drugs into town and all of this stuff and it happens like um, four times a week her, her yeah her ex has her ex-husband was giving her like something very general along those lines earlier on i think you are talking about like the like uh inspector guy who's like okay the trucks with these chemicals like come in from rotterdam and then between rotterdam and here they take the chemicals out and they load them with cocaine and then once they get here they take the cocaine back out and then reload it with the chemicals so nobody knows anything has gone wrong yeah and so i was kind of expecting that to be what season two is about we did mm-hmm. not watch season two but that is where i would expect the direction of that season to go especially since uh a yes. whole bunch of these people are dis- distributors in that town and now the distributors are no longer there right it's like oh well you've now disrupted our trade we're gonna kind of descend on this town and yeah. figure it out but or fix scene- it or somehow punish the cop that did this to our but the guys the guys we were familiar with were all middlemen like ashley is the boss of tommy and lewis but like there's plenty of people who out there that we don't see that ashley works for that ashley is terrified of yeah and i think the next season might just be all right we need a replacement, Ashley. We're just going to slot another criminal into that spot, into that chain in our drug workflow. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Somehow dealing more with the drugs in the t- town than anything else. According to Wikipedia, that is not the case. Huh. Uh, and it, it, it says here, let me read you this. Eight. 18 months after the events of the first series, Catherine K. Wood is back at is back at work and has won the Queen's Police Medal for gallantry for for rescuing Anne from rescuing Anne Gallagher from Tommy Lee Royce, who is serving a life sentence in prison. And here's where. Boilers come in, which I, mm-hmm. I guess is really only the setup for season two. But when Royce's mother yeah. is killed, Catherine finds herself oh. implicated in a string of murders. 
Oh, which is okay. then why Tommy Lee Royce is still a character because it's his mother that is then okay. murdered and stuff like that. But like that is not the direction that I expected this show to go in at no. all. That's kind of wild. I do. I do kind of, like like I was talking about the first half of season one. I do like that there are big things out there. Like there's big threats and we also have a protagonist that is working very hard to investigate things. You just mm-hmm. have to wait for the right circumstances to line up for her to become aware of these things. Yeah. Like everybody's just operating in these little circles around each other and it's just the, it, you know, it's like rotating orbits. Like every once in a while they're going to line up and there's going to be an eclipse yeah. and we're going to see each other and lock in and that's where the conflict is. I like the slow build mm-hmm. of these things happening and slowly, slowly running into each other. Yeah. I kind of like the slow burns that this show does. What I'd really like to learn more about is Catherine's higher ups in the police because sure, she's yeah. so fervent about things. Like, I think we can, like, we're seeing them from Catherine's point of view. And it's kind of ambiguous. Like, okay, did they really destroy this bag of cocaine that they got from the councilman's car? Or is that guy being sincere when he's like, we didn't destroy it. It just became damaged during transport. And that's why it's no longer viable evidence. Or like when she's talking to her chief or whatever, and she's like, write these things down. Why are you doing these things to find Tommy Lee Royce? And she talks to that other inspector yet. And she's, she talks to that other inspector later. And she's like, did he do those things yet? And he's like, I don't know. I'm sure he did. Like, we don't because Catherine's so fervently like we need to be doing everything possible as fast as possible. We need to get on this guy. And the other mm-hmm. people are like, just a little bit more slower, like, well, there's a lot of red tape and we have to talk to this person and get approval from this person. Like, from Catherine's perspective, they are bad guys, but we've yet to see how much of it is, like, legitimate, you know, dirty dealings and uh, conspiracy and, like, being bought out and things like that. Like, how much of it is these are legitimately bad guys and how much of it is just, no, there's just a system we have to work through. Like, there's paperwork there's well we have to prioritize things and we just can't make that thing a priority right now like i'm wondering how much is just a legitimate difference of opinions and how to run the law enforcement in this town and how much of it is no that guy is crooked yeah i like that's kind of one of the things that i secretly like about crime shows i like all the politics mm-hmm. within within this stuff that is yeah happening. and like who has jurisdiction there, where yeah. yeah like in in that scene I, I i read that scene almost a little bit differently uh than you did where it's like mm-hmm. hey we're just we're maybe a little more lax there's more red tape we'll get to it eventually right slow and steady whereas i was like mm-hmm they, it, it seemed like they were doing an evaluation of like, is she fit enough to go back to work after having this traumatic experience? So the exactly, fact that, yeah. that, that that she is asking these things like, well, have we done X, Y, and Z? And then the guy sitting there yeah, like, it's like, that's oh, not shit, really any haven't. of her business at that time. Well, it's it's maybe not her business, but him also kind of realizing, oh, shit, she's right. We haven't. 
she is doing good <laughs> police work. Maybe I should write this down and get on that. Like, that to me was her being like, yes, I am still absolutely competent and can do this job. In fact, I'm mm-hmm. better than anyone else here that has been doing nothing, apparently. So... Yeah, and it's it's real bold for her to go into this like this evaluation where like they're asking her questions is what it's supposed to be doing. Like, how are you goes, feeling? No, Catherine? Dad, do you what feel about like you're you? up to coping with the stress of the job? <laughs> and she's like, What are you doing? And they're like, uh I mean, I think we did this. Like they're really taken <laughs> aback. And we have yet to see like like the other people, like the higher ups, like they seem to really respect Catherine. But after everything that's happened, I am curious to come back well, in season two, which is 18 months later to see like, what do they think of her then? Like, how has she grown or changed as a police officer? Is she still that like hard set and fervent about mm-hmm. like, is she still butting heads with them? Or as like, after all this time, they've like, they kind of understand each other a little bit more. Yeah. Like how much do they want to like, keep her on the force right. like how much is she an asset and how much is she a nuisance to them i really want to get into like yeah. what everybody well, thinks about Catherine and uh, like how and why she's being kept around apparently she was a higher up at one point uh i don't I, I know if she was necessarily is, a higher she, i don't know if she like was necessarily a higher inspector. up but she was like a yeah Rather she was like a, a detective yeah. she was yeah, she was more of like an investigator, and I think when she adopted Ryan, she needed something, I guess, a little bit to more scale back. regular clock in, clock out. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is an interesting thing, because then as he's kind of getting to an a- a- age where maybe like she d- doesn't need to be th- 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 there 24-7 to watch after yeah. him maybe she can start scaling back up it seems like she kind of wants to as she is that incredibly thorough and is that persistent yeah uh so I, yeah and like, i'd be I, I don't curious know to see like she goes back i'd be not. curious to see like at her age uh how viable of an option that career switch is yeah like it might be something where it's not necessarily like prejudice against her as an older woman but just like no, we've just always had it on the books. Like, you kind of have to be a little bit more young and fit to have this certain position, and we're not really hiring. Like, we appreciate your experience, but we're not really hiring someone that on in years for this job. Like, she could go so many places, but again, it's this, like, paperwork mm-hmm. and regulation she keeps running into. So how much of that is going to block her from getting to certain places? But how much is, like, this Queen's Medal going to let her into places she might not otherwise be? Yeah. Yeah, she's she's in an interesting position to say the least. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There's lots of stuff they could do with her character. Yeah. Um. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about with this show? Oh, I want to say I really appreciated how a lot of the the characters are like you see are genuinely good people and when somebody messes up they try to correct it Mm -hmm. like 
Nevison, you know, like he <laughs> like he denies Kevin that raise and he makes it snide comment at Anne like, well, we spent all this money on her education and look what good it did her. And then she leaves the table and his wife's like, Nevison. And he's like, you're right. I shouldn't have done these things. Like everybody makes mistakes and then really tries to course correct mm-hmm. themselves. And yeah. then there's certain characters that are like, even if they're bad guys, there's something good to them. Like Kevin is an absolute weasel, but... And it's this really sort of self-centered thing, like, I asked for a raise, I deserve the raise, but also he just wants the best for his wife and daughters. And even somebody like Ashley Cowgill, who's this, you know, runs this drug ring and he's ordered this kidnapping, he's still like, well, I run this little set of vacation caravans and I have this game room. I see that Jenny is ailing. Uh, I will make sure that my game room is wheelchair accessible. So as her health continues to ail, she can still go play ping pong if she wants. Like there's lots of little sparks of real goodness in so many of the characters. And mm-hmm. I did not know what to do with Tommy Lee Royce for the longest time because he seemed like just this big sour hole in the middle <laughs> of everything, in the middle of all these like very fleshed out characters. And even like the worst guys still have good points to them. Like there's a lot of grayness in the show. Sure. Then there's just him who's just this, he, who's just irredeemable. Yeah. And like I didn't know what to do with it when there's so many other like good people. Or like characters who you don't like, but you kind of understand. You have some speck of sympathy for them. And then there's him. (laughs) And you see he's got this kind of a sliver of heart. He seems to genuinely show an interest in Ryan as his son. But also it's like, well, look at everything else that you've done, Tommy. You still like raped Anne and like stabbed all these people and like drove over Kirsten and punched your mom like there's you're still like this black hole of sympathy Tommy you've still got nothing yeah which is why I'm baffled I'm like he's still here don't we have characters we care about who we could watch instead like he he's I mean on on one hand though like that is the character that everyone knows they will hate just unanimously this guy mm-hmm. is piece of garbage and we can just hate him and mm-hmm. that 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 it's i i don't want to say it's poor writing but it's 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 a e- e- easy thing of like hey we know that everyone will have an emotional response to this one thing we can use that which you can use that mm-hmm. cleverly you can use that poorly who who knows um, but yeah, and yeah that's it's just one of the things like, that oh, we hate him. I don't like him. He's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's one of the things that had me like, it's so uncomfortable through the first couple episodes because I've seen every bad guy so far has something redeemable in him. And every time Tommy shows up, I'm like on this teetering edge, like, are they going to throw in something that would redeem him? What could that possibly be? He seems so bad. Am I supposed mm-hmm. to think he's bad? Am I supposed to stop and think, well, maybe there is something, some sliver of something viable to this human being. I'm like, I don't know how you want me to feel about this. Yeah. When everybody else is painted so grayly, am I supposed to think this man is also gray? I don't think so. Like, I, yeah. yeah, and eventually, like, it took me a couple episodes. I'm like, okay, no, he is breaking the formula of everything else you've laid down. Mm-hmm. He is not gray. 
you know, he is a deep, dark, black pit of monstrosity. That just is what's happening. And once I figured out, okay, this is the path we're on. All right. (laughs) Then I felt like I could stop, like, teetering on this edge. Like, am I waiting for something to happen with him? Oh, it just gets worse? Oh, okay. Well, at least I know what direction we're going in now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um. So I wanted to point out uh, the name of the show, Happy Valley, is what the local police Mm -hmm. call Calder Valley, uh, which is the area that the show takes place in because of its drug problem. Uh, That is something that I did not make a connection to. I just it it was a a name. The the name is Happy Valley. Okay, I don't know why, but sure, let's go. Um. There you go. I just read that off of Wikipedia. Figured that's that interesting. Out. Yeah, I figured it was just an ironic name. I didn't know that was based yeah, in like legitimate police talk from around that area. Okay. Uh. Oh God, I I had one more thing that I wanted to say. Oh, um, I also wanted to point out that this was created, written, and directed all by Sally Wainwright. Um, and she had some help she had some help directing this as well but i i think this ended up being as good as it was because of her like that one person right like i i yeah it's always fantastic when an artist or a creator can make their thing and not have it Mm -hmm. really be tainted by a million other people and like oh well what if we go and do this way and stuff i mean don't get me wrong you probably need an editor and stuff like that to help make sure you're on the right track but i i I think what i'm trying to get at is the like unifying factor of like they not only came up with the idea, but they wrote the script. So all of the scripts sound mm-hmm. the same. They they directed it, so it all looks the exact same. And it it, it is as close to the original vision of 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 that as can be. And so I I, I think that is partly why this show ended up being as enthralling as it was. Hmm. Yeah, that's all I really have to say on Happy Valley. All right, Uh, Melissa, if you had to Mm -hmm. recommend some stuff to people, if they liked this, what might, what else might they like? I know you're not as into the crime shows as I am. But it is, um, like, is there something about, like, I, like, character work that you liked? I was like, oh, that reminds me of this one thing or uh, oh. something else like that. You did mention the I don't forest. know. Like, everything. I, I uh, This reminded me of the forest just because the forest is the closest thing I've seen to this. But okay. I don't know. Except for the fact that they are both European crime shows in a small town starring a policewoman with family troubles. I don't know if they're really similar. And honestly, I think this is much better than The Forest. Yeah. 
I would agree with that. Yeah, like if you like this, the forest is kind of a step down. Unless you're really hungry for something slightly spooky. Yeah. That, that all, Even I don't then there's rem- better it's spooky been a while. crime shows out there. It's been a while since mm-hmm. we watched that, that one. I don't remember if it was a legitimate uh, supernatural thing or not, but it seemed like it had this like spooky supernatural thing g- g- going on that like there was maybe one was character there. remember it was the it was the teacher who was like quasi supernatural and i remember okay. us discussing like we wish everything was slightly weird instead of it all being centered on this one character that's right that's right let me um, see if i can find that one um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've got another like really solid recommendation to go off of this one because I've never, I haven't seen anything quite like this, which is a a remark about both its unique high quality and also the fact that this just isn't a genre I deal with mm-hmm. very often. Like the only other like character driven crime show I've watched has been Sherlock. Okay. <laughs> I had a big soft spot for Sherlock. Okay. Uh, we covered the forest back on episode thirty-four of the Whatnots review show. That was almost a month or uh, almost a year ago. We covered it at mm-hmm. the end of November back in twenty eighteen. Go go check that one out if it seems like it's up your alley. Uh, I actually wanted to recommend Luther, uh, the. Ah. British crime show starring Idris Elba. Um, Because that is also, it's very intense in its crime shows. He's a Mm -hmm. very troubled person. Uh, He is a persistent detective. He will not stop. He will not give up. And it's almost to his detriment uh, which kind of reminds me of Catherine in this show. They they, they don't deal with it in the mm-hmm. same w- w- way. Like we don't necessarily see the effects of it on. Well, one thing we didn't mention in this show is her like mental breakdown, and she is seeing the dead body of uh, her her coworker that got ran over. Yeah. Um, which is something that ha- that happens in this show that we didn't really mention. But mm-hmm. that's not that that's what happens in Luther, but you deal with a lot more of the like mental state of, of these people. Like, are, are okay. you actually fit yeah. to serve? Like, you might be actually more detrimental on the police force than you are. I like that angle, yeah. You know, stuff like that. So I would highly recommend that. Plus, it's Idris Elba, so something good mm-hmm. to look at. International dreamboat, Idris Elba. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Melissa, it is your turn to do the pitches yes. for what we will cover this next week. What do you got? Mm-hmm. So we've been dealing with pretty heavy stuff for the last couple weeks. You we know, have? like Harrow County, very grotesque. Ghost stories, real, real intense oddball. This thing, quite upsetting. So I'm going to lighten it up. I've got three comedy shows for us. Nice. 
I'm excited. Pitch number one is a brand. Uh, these are all available on Netflix. These three shows I'm going to cool. pitch to you. Uh, pitch number one is a brand new original show. I don't know very much about it yet, but it stars the treasure himself, Paul Rudd. Okay. This is his new show, Living With Yourself. Gotcha. And this is a story where, burned out on life, Miles undergoes a strange procedure at a strip mall spa and wakes up to find he's been replaced by a better version of himself. So he's living, it's Paul Rudd having to deal with a duplicate better Paul Rudd. (laughs) That's very difficult because I don't know if there is anything better than Paul Rudd. (laughs) (laughs) Twice the delight. This is, these episodes are about uh, like 25 to 35 minutes long and there's eight of them. Okay. Just one season so far. And this just came out in the last couple weeks. I don't know if I've heard from anybody who has watched it yet, but it seems like a fun time. I just love Paul Rudd. Who doesn't? Pitch number two is another Netflix original series. This is a sketch comedy show. Okay. Which we haven't done anything like this before. Interesting. Well, Hadron Gospel Hour is... Kind of a sketch show sometimes. But this is our first classic sketch TV show. This is called I Think You Should Leave. And my coworkers have been obsessed with this show lately. And they were trying to explain it to me. And they said it's like Monty Python's Flying Circus for uncomfortable, escalatingly awkward social situations. Okay. And I watched, there's six episodes of this. I watched the first three episodes and I'm like, like a minute and a half in, I'm like, I get it. I get why you like this thing so much. <laughs> it is it is about awkward social situations, but everything gets worse in this really absurd way. Mm-hmm. For example, there one of the big sketches in the first episode is a man goes to a birthday party and he's asking the the birthday man, you like my gift, right? You really like my gift? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like the gift. Definitely going to use it. And the gift giver is like, well, if you liked it so much, you don't need the gift receipt anymore, do you? You can give the gift receipt back to me. And then it escalates to, well, if you really love the gift and you never replace it, I'll just eat the gift receipt. So he eats the receipt. And then he's <laughs> acting sick. And the birthday guy's like, you can't get sick from eating a receipt. This is an act. And then he ends up dying from eating oh, a poisoned no. receipt. <laughs> so this, it's very silly. Okay. Yeah, there's six episodes, and they're all shorter episodes. I think they're, like, under 20 minutes. This is, like, a quick, oddball little watch. I've seen the first couple of these. It's fun. I think there's a lot here we could talk about. Pitch number three. This is a sitcom called Schitt's Creek. This is Ah. 13 episodes in season one. It's up to, like, five seasons now. We're going to start with just season one. This stars... Possibly my favorite actor, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. And Mm. they are this filthy rich couple who one day find themselves suddenly broke. I'm not exactly sure why. They had all this money. Now they don't. The one asset they have left is one time they bought this tiny town as a joke. Just as a joke. They're like, we're going to own this town. And Schitt's Creek is the name of the town. So it's this really like... You know, riches to rags story where like they're just 
rich and fantastic and spoiled and have to live in a ramshackle motel in this tiny yeah. country town that they somehow own. It seems like I've seen a couple episodes of this. It's got kind of an arrested development type of vibe to it. Okay. Amazing actors. Uh this is something I've heard really great things about and I've been meaning for a while to get back and like finish the thing. It was airing on like Pop TV or some weird channel, so it was not initially very easy to watch, but now all of it's on Netflix. And like I said, okay. season one is just 13 episodes. Interesting. Okay. So pitch number one was living with yourself. Pitch number mm-hmm. two was I think you should leave. And pitch number three is season one of Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't I I actually don't don't know. Let's see. Uh we've we've I I think comedy is one of the genres that we haven't done much of on the review show. Ever. Yeah. And like I was thinking last night, like, what are some of the funniest movies I've ever seen? And it's either things that are like they're just silly. Like, I don't know if we could have a deep, like hour to 75 minute long serious critical conversation about airplane or it's something like it's a movie i think is hysterical well, but i don't know can, if it will we, play we for somebody else <laughs> don't call me Shirley. exactly <laughs> like it would just be that for an hour and a half yeah like comedy is kind of hard to tackle in the format we usually do so i'm like let's go over like two interesting like good long enough sitcoms and a weird sketch show which is something sure. completely different we've never tried tackling sketch before really i think i'm gonna go with living with yourself with paul rudd okay um, yes because yeah the the sketch comedy i've i've heard good things that but that's the thing that i'm worried about is like are we going to have enough substance to actually talk about and mm. critique or at least, you know, have some kind of worthwhile discussion? Uh, and then of the other two, I think living with yourself is the more recent one. So that might yeah. help get some 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 people lessening since it's a brand new show. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll do. Living with yourself for next week. Awesome. Uh, we already did all the housekeeping and stuff. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can find pictures of these beautiful desserts I'm going to try and make. There you go. I accidentally hit the uh, spoiler thing while we were <laughs> doing that so you got a fancy beat playing in the back around oh. while you, you were like come check out my kicks aha um you guys can find me at yo kyle springer on twitter and instagram we are at the whatnots on twitter if you guys want to stay up to date with everything that we do uh and like we said next week we will be back with living with yourself season one of Mm -hmm. living with yourself this has been episode 82 of the whatnots review show we will see you guys next time bye bye